I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rock M Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon BK Kylie, and this is Before the Box Score. Welcome to New Mexico State Week. It's the old SEC SOCON Challenge. This is not Missouri's FCS opponent. We've already knocked that one off. This is close to that, and this is New Mexico State, one of the worst uh, FBS programs in the history of college football. So, you know, that'll be kind of nice to have a, what, what seems to be a guaranteed win on the books uh, with a clearly overmatched opponent. Which Missouri would just do really good job to just beat the heck out of them. BK, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm on the mend. I'm doing all right. I will hopefully be better. That was not me. That was actually that Nate, was me. who yeah. is who is not sick. <laughs> Interestingly Believe it enough, or not, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm making it back. We are going to be a okay, and I'm glad that we don't have a ton of previewing to do for this game because if it ends up being a game that we needed to preview. Boy, oh boy, did something go horribly wrong. Yeah. So speaking of things that went horribly wrong, let's revisit Tennessee. Um, Just when I thought we were done talking about that stupid game. We can be. You don't have to do this. Look, man, Eli Drinkwitz dropped a nugget. I can't let this go. I can't let it go. He told the media yesterday that he was not the primary uh, play caller on Saturday. Who was it? Well, it was our old friend Bush, Bush Hamden quarterbacks coach he was the primary play caller against tennessee okay we we've talked about drinkwitz being open to hiring an offensive coordinator at the conclusion of this season we've he's talked about being okay giving up play calling responsibilities okay 
Blake Baker got a substantial raise to become, you know, a de- the the official defense coordinator, one that we're going to invest in long term. So, with the salary pool increase, six hundred thousand of that goes to Blake. There's some extra left over. You would assume either an assistant goes away, and the six hundred thousand left over from the increase plus whatever that guy was making goes into the OC, or you promote internally, give that extra tag onto that dude's uh, uh, placard, and then give him a substantial pay raise on top of that. So I don't know. This whole idea is to free up drink to be more of the head coach, the game day tactician, the guy who's screaming at the referees on the sideline. That's what you're freeing him up to do. It worked well at Tennessee. Woo. BK. We got a dry run. What did you think of Bush's performance? And did it actually free drink? What's up to do what he was supposed to do? I mean, to, to be fair, like it was one of the best offensive performances that we've seen this year from Mizzou. Yep. Now, that says a lot about what Missouri has done offensively this year. Um, I I did like that they 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 clearly had a game plan of getting Brady Cook more involved in the running game. Now, if that was Bush Hamden, kudos to Bush Hamden. If that was just a, a tinker that they wanted to make to the offense, then Kudos to whoever decided to do that, whether it was part of the run game coordination, what whatever it was, I will give credit to wherever credit is due. That being said, Nate, the whole reason why most Mizzou fans have been calling, or maybe this is unfair, the reason why you and I have been asking for Drinkwitz to potentially hire an offensive coordinator is to open him up for situations like, oh, I don't know. A third and one that is clearly stuffed and <laughs> doesn't get past uh-huh. the line of scrimmage or stuff like that. Or a end of half situation where you get two plays in the final 20 seconds mm. or making mm. decisions on fourth down, you know, maybe in the second quarter when you've got like two minutes left and you're down 28 to 14 and it's fourth and one at Bazoo 41 and you don't decide to punt there because you've got a play ready to go because you had it ready to go on third down because you weren't exclusively focused on what is coming next. You can have a bit of a bigger picture sense of what the game is, where it's going and what you need to do in order to win. So we saw our first test run of that and I would say failed on all accounts. Like Mm. I, I don't think it went any different than it would have if he was calling the plays. And so this gets us into the question of, okay, then what is the real benefit of having somebody else call the plays? I think for some fans are probably screaming at their radio right now, listening to us and saying, yeah, but we want a new offense. Drinkwitz's offense doesn't work. Well, I've got for you, uh, sir, Adam, some probably unfortunate news. That's not going to change. The offense is not going to overnight become what Ole Miss runs or what Tennessee runs or whoever your favorite offense. They ain't going to do that. They're going to continue running Drinkwitz's offense. And there's kind of somebody else that is calling the plays and the sequencing of the plays doesn't really matter that much, to be honest. It's about the players and it's about the scheme. So I I don't know, man. I I thought it was lackluster to say the least. What did you think of it? Well, now I know why they actually ran that crappy fourth down play with Tyler Macon in it because Drinkwitz wasn't the guy saying, no, no, we don't have the good look. Bush was like, I got to earn the job. Toss it. Toss it, Tyler. Do it. So that makes a lot of sense. I, uh, yes, it was Missouri's best offensive performance. Yes, it was because, you know, Brady Cook actually ran a ton. But the running backs had their worst game ever. <laughs> like, that's not great. 
offensive line wasn't any better. There's really no there's no scheme or design that you can call to work around an offensive line that was clearly overwhelmed at the point of attack. So I don't know. Incomplete, I guess is what I would say. I'd like to see it again. We saw it against a, you know, a terrible blowout. What maybe he gets the maybe he gets the keys again this week and he gets to do it against a, a good blowout, hopefully. So I wasn't impressed, but I'm not gonna have one audition decide the forever fate of Bush Hagen, sure. Missouri offense coordinator. So here's a question for you, Nate. Mm-hmm. If this is what it's going to be, where they're just going to run the drink what's offense and somebody else is deciding when to call the plays. That's that's all yeah. it is. It's a se- it's a sequencing, not yeah. the, the play design or anything like that. They help with the game plan and we know all of these things that go in the week of. But really, the, the play caller is just when do you call which plays? That's it. And drink mm-hmm. still probably has final say on that, I would imagine. But like you said, it's the mm-hmm. primary play caller and then drink gets final say if that's what the job's going to be for missouri's new offensive coordinator does it at all change the list of candidates that you would be looking at or the criteria that you're looking for in your next offensive coordinator yeah absolutely yeah because you could put anybody in there i'm not being flippant about this like if if you're if you are running Drinkwitz's book and all you got to do is call the plays maybe do some you know unit management like offensive meetings and stuff like that okay if that's the case just promote from within make it cheap because i think a lot of people in the offensive coordinator discourse are looking at offenses they're looking at what casey woods is running at smu i like what i was looking at with with garrett riley and what he was running at tcu uh, you see that you fall in love with that and you're like i want that you're not getting that so really just get somebody you know so what Sequencing do you want plays? Then, I guess is, is the plays? question. Like what what do you think is if you could have one thing in the new Mizzou offensive coordinator, what would it be? Given the Man. job description. Yeah. Uh experience. Experience doing this. Experiencing scripting plays. Breaking down an opponent and figuring out what's going to work in your first 20. Uh, adaptability throughout the game. Uh, ability to manage end of half in the game. Like just some experience calling plays. Primary. Not like a co-offensive coordinator thing. Like being the primary guy. With the understanding that your your boss is going to be in your ear about it. And really that that can, like I said, that can be anybody. You could take, I mean, you could take Bill Shamden. You could take Marcus, you know, Johnson. Like you could, you could take anybody who's familiar with this roster familiar with this scheme and has experience calling plays and just do that. I mean, do you think any differently? I think recruiting would be probably the number one thing that I would be looking for because I just don't think it matters. Like I, I think play calling in general is overrated. Uh, There are moments where it really matters like a key third and one. You can't just like run the same crap that you've been running all day long or a goal line, like red zone calls, especially at like the five yard line and in, those that that's where design really matters and then the sequencing of that design of hey we ran this earlier now this is going to work off of that that can be highly important so situationally stuff matters but in general it's really about your design and what you have to offer and who your players are that that's kind of the way that i would view it so we talked about this a little bit off air trooper taylor's a guy that i would target We all know what his history is. He worked with Eli Drinkwitz at both Auburn and Arkansas State. He's at Duke right now. He's their assistant head coach and running back uh, coach. 
give him a million bucks. Let him do his thing. He's going to be an awesome recruiter. I have no idea if he'll be a good offensive coordinator. Frankly, I, I don't think it really matters if he's a great offensive coordinator or not. But that would be somebody, as I was looking through the history of like coaches that have worked previously with Drinkwitz, because most of this is about connections, and we've seen with a lot of his offensive hires, they've had connections to drink in the past. I think Trooper Taylor would be a guy that I would be targeting for that job. Just improve, once again, the level of recruiter that you have on your staff. Yeah. I mean, there, that's that's the key. Because you can talk about play design, play execution. If you have better players, that, that makes all the difference. Um, the one that stood out to me was um, blanking. Jeff Grimes. Yep. Jeff Grimes. Currently, he's Baylor's offense coordinator. And he's a tight ends coach by trade. So, you know, <laughs> we don't have any very many good tight ends. So that could be helpful. But he is also going to be super expensive. And he's very much sought after. But he does currently run uh, a similar offense to what Drinkwitz is running. He's got Texas connections at Baylor. He's a, I think he's a BYU grad. So like, you know, he's, he's well trod, but that's going to be expensive and you got to pull him out of Baylor. So I, I, yeah, I don't really care. I I am less interested in the offensive coordinator uh, discussion regarding who I'm mostly just glad that it is going to happen. Apparently uh, because Eli needs to continue to push things off his plate and be a CEO rather than a scheme guy. Yeah, th- so. just to to name a few guys, Jeff Grimes was one that you mentioned. Trooper Taylor's another. A um, few other guys that I looked at that at least had history with Drinkwitz. I think a few of these are not great fits, but Junior Adams, he's the co-OC at Oregon right now. He was with Drinkwitz at Boise. He's been on the West Coast his, his entire career. I, I don't think he's coming to Mizzou. Uh, Lee Marks is the Washington assistant head coach and running backs coach. He was with Drinkwoods at Boise as well. Again, kind of weird fit. He's been on the West Coast most of his career. He's got a good job at Washington right now. Uh, Desmond Kitchings, he is the current Virginia offensive coordinator. No, thank you. And George (laughs) McDonald is the current Illinois assistant head coach and wide receiver coach. He was the wide receivers coach at NC State when Drinkwoods took over. It, and mm-hmm. he ended up being the co-OC after Drinkwitz left at NC State. Um, he's from Indiana. From everything that I've read up on him, he recruits Florida and specifically Miami extremely well. He's another name to maybe keep in mind that has a past history with Drinkwitz. So the three guys that I think maybe you could see involved in this search if they go external, not named Casey Woods because we talked about him, mm-hmm. Jeff Grimes, Trooper Taylor, George McDonald. And that is purely us speculating, but that's all we have to go off of. And do any of those get you super excited? Mm, maybe not. I, I, I think Grimes would be a super exciting hire. I think that would be an inspired hire. That would be more of a like, oh, okay, they, they really went for it here. <laughs> kind of a hire. But my guess is it'll be somebody. I I think, it, here, here's a question for you, Nate. Sure. Do you think the favorite is Bush Hamden? That would be my assumption. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at as well. Like I would say Bush Hamden is probably the most likely hire. And if it's not him, like, I don't know, maybe Casey Woods. That would probably be my, and then may, third would be somebody on this list. And fourth would be a, wait, what? Who's that kind of hire? <laughs> Which don't rule that out, you know, but like when Blake Baker was brought on as safety's coach, we're like, who? Mm-hmm. And then he got promoted defense coordinator. And we're like, uh, what? So, you know, you never know with these sorts of things. 
but that's okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I just, I think it's Bush Hamden's job to lose if that's a thing. Of course, we'll find out, you know, next week that we'll find out that like, you know, Eric Link was calling plays this week or something like that. And we'll be like, okay, well, we really have no idea what's going on anymore. So we'll, we'll find out in due time, but uh, Bush has play calling history. Now keep that in mind too. So that would make a lot of sense. The other interesting thing, I mean, I know there's a game and that's always kind of interesting, but uh, the, the interesting story about this game is that it's going to be senior day or they're going to honor the seniors for the New Mexico state game, even though, Missouri will have the game against Arkansas in Columbia the following week. Now, Eli Drinkwitz said that this was an effort to give the seniors an opportunity to have a larger crowd because the Arkansas game is after Thanksgiving and people might not be as willing to show up and it's a short week and things are already weird. So, like, he wanted to give them a full, quote-unquote, normal week uh, to honor them for New Mex- uh, for, for the senior day and, of course, playing New Mexico State feel pretty good about winning that one, which is always cool. So this, it's going to happen this Saturday. And they released the list of who, which seniors were going to be honored on senior day, who were going to be walking through that tunnel at the beginning of the game, and then the ones who are not walking. And this is interesting. You can't, you can't put them in two buckets and say, okay, well, if you're being honored on senior day, you are absolutely positively not coming back. We don't know that yet. Everybody's admitted that they don't know that yet, but this is an interesting list to start with. So let's review. There are uh, a handful of guys who just absolutely positively cannot come back next year. Their eligibility is fully exhausted. Okay. That is Barrett Bannister, Jack Abraham, Zeke Powell, Hiron White, Connor Wood, Kibit Chepiator, Tyrone Hopper, DJ Coleman, Jake Hoffman, and Sean Kaney. All those guys are absolutely gone. Except we know for Hyrule White, who we'll see. Well, he, he gets yes. a little bit more. It's unclear because he's they had to put parents, in a yeah. a thing with the NCAA to get a waiver for the uh, the injury thing. So I guess they're feeling pretty confident that he's going to get it. So yes, technically, he could come back for his seventh year <laughs> and get his doctorate. Um, <laughs> God bless you. I know. Hey, man, like we, we need it anyway. Uh, so those guys are gone. Then you have everybody else who's going to be walking. Let's go through those. This is going to be Tosky Dove, Bobby Lawrence, Nathaniel Pete, uh, Trent Setterwall. He's a walk on offensive lineman, Richard Taylor. Uh, said that one Trajan Jeffcoat, Martez Manuel, Isaiah McGuire, who made it known that he was absolutely done after this year. Same for Martez. Uh, Devin Nicholson, Darius Robinson, Jelani Williams. Okay. Those are the ones who are walking, but their decision is up in the air. Then you have the ones who are not going to be honored for senior day, which makes you think that they're probably going to come back. But again, you don't know for sure. That's going to be Xavier Delgado, Javon Foster, Rialis George, Chuck Hicks, Josh Landry, and Cody Schrader, which we've known that one for a while. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, a couple things to break down on this one. Number one, BK, let's talk about Martez and Isaiah who have made it very clear that they could come back and they are not. How do you feel about those two gentlemen? I get it. Um, we talked about this previously with Martez Manuel specifically, who I, I think he's just been outplayed this year at his own position by Dalen Carnell. And I think he's been here for a while and he's ready to move on. You know, I, I think he's ready to get on to whatever the next chapter in his life is. So I get that. God bless the kid. He did a lot for Mizzou football. It's Dalen Carnell's t- time now at the star position. Um, who was the other one that you asked about? Isaiah McGuire. Isaiah McGuire, go get your money, son. Like he's he's earned it this year. He's been such a badass up front. Um, I have no qualms whatsoever with him moving on. Uh, the kid is apparently going to accept an opportunity to play at the Senior Bowl, which means he's very likely going to be selected within the top five rounds. I think he's probably a. I, I don't know exactly how he's going to test, so that'll change some things potentially. Mm-hmm. But if he's a good tester, he's got a chance to be like a maybe a top one hundred pick. So mm-hmm. Isaiah Maguire should go pro. He is going pro, and I think he's going to be a good one at that. So good for him. The next one I want to talk about, and I know this is just a singular guy, but he's been brought up in the discourse this week. Darius Robinson, mm-hmm. senior defensive tackle. He's a four-year player. He is unsure on if he's going to come back or not. Blake Baker jumped on the mic and immediately went full bore recruiting and said he should come back. If he comes back, he'll be a, like a top six pick or something like that. If he has another year in this season or another season in this system, there we go. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on him wavering and Blake Baker's comments? So uh, let, let's start with Darius Robinson, the player, right? Because you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, how much of a fan I am of Darius Robinson's game. I've been waiting for his breakout season, I think, since the moment that he stepped on campus. <laughs> like I, yeah. I've, I've been calling for it because he just he looks the part. He looks like he should be a dominant defensive lineman. And this year, you've seen moments where he has just completely wrecked drives for the opposition. But more often than not, he's kind of that complimentary piece. And in this system, Nate, you tell me if you disagree with this at all, but it sure seems like the defensive tackles are, in general, complimentary pieces. Like, they're there to set up somebody oh, yeah. else. Josh Landry yeah. has done that many a times this year. Christian Williams, Christian I think, Williams. is the king yep. of doing that this mm-hmm. year. And Darius Robinson has done it very well as well. So it's not as if he's putting up massive numbers, but he's been pretty darn good this year. I would love to see him back. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be like a top 100 pick if he were to leave right now. So I I don't, there's not a ton of downside for him to come back compared to a guy like Isaiah Maguire, where if he were to get hurt and you drop, you know, 50 spots in the draft and you lose $5 million in guarantees, that's, that is a huge loss coming out of your pocket. Yeah. I don't know that that exists for Darius Robinson. So I think it really just comes down to, does he want to play another year of college football? 
And for different guys, the answer to that is very different. It, it really depends on what he wants, what he wants his 2023 calendar year to look like. So I think it would be great if Mizzou was able to get him back. They have enough depth at the position to where even if he doesn't come back, though, they should be okay. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that injury wouldn't be that big of a deal. And I think you're right. He has had injury For problems. Sure. Like he missed most of his freshman year. He got on the field in 2019, but missed it because of injury. He only played eight of the 10 games in 2020. He played 10 of the 13 games in 2021 and he's played 10 games this year. So like he hasn't missed much time. He's just been uh, supplanted by Christian Williams as the favorite for most of that. So I don't know. I think he could come back. I think he could do well. It's just the question of, would you be able to put out another full season? You know? And, And I don't know what that answer is. And, you know, if, if if neither one of those is going to get you in the NFL, then yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just kind of personal preference. But like you said, if he comes back, Missouri has ten scholarship defensive tackles. If he doesn't, they have nine. So it's not going to hurt Missouri at all, whether he comes back or not. It just from a personal standpoint, I think you and I both agree that we like to see him play. It's really just yeah, are you done with college or are you not? Yeah. And, He's the only one that can answer that. And we'll find out soon enough. And on that note, just to stick with the position, like for people that haven't paid attention to who specifically is walking, who's not, and who would be eligible to walk if they wanted to. Realis George is not walking. That means that he could likely come back next year. Joshua Landry, Jaden Jernigan, all three of those guys, interior defensive linemen. They're, they're pretty stacked at that position going into next year, at least based on what we know internally right now. Kyron Montgomery should be healthy by next year. Marquise Gracial, if he's alive and um, in a Mizzou uniform, I, I don't know. I can't confirm or deny since we basically haven't seen him play this year. Um, Jalen Marshall is a guy who could get some time next year as well. Like mm-hmm. That's a lot of depth at the position. So if Darius Robinson looks at it and says, hey, I did what I needed to do. We were a really good defense. We turned it around. And I do wonder how much of this plays into some of these players' decisions as well, where they're like, listen, I've been through a lot of stuff at Mizzou. Like, I committed to play for Barry Odom. I was in that system for, like, a year or two, depending on which of these guys you are. And then I played for the defensive coordinator the next year that I committed to. And then it was a new defensive coordinator. And then it was another defensive coordinator. And finally, by the end, we had a good defense. I'm going to leave on a good note. I don't need to come yeah. back to see what this is like next year, you know? So I think there might be some of that that's playing into some of their decisions as well. But regardless what's going into it, uh, they'll be all right at defensive tackle. Defensive end, uh, uh, that might be a different discussion. It is. So since you mentioned it, we know Isaiah McGuire is gone. We know DJ Coleman and Tyrone Hopper have to go. And Trajan Jeffcoat is a question. Well, Tyrone Hopper say, is a middle-aged man, so he, he's got to well, yeah, go. He has, yeah, yeah, he is very, very old. He's got six grandkids. Oh my God, he's pulling down, yeah, he's pulling down all sorts of retirement <laughs> benefits here. So we it, let's just say Trajan Jeffcoat leaves, okay? Uh-huh. That leaves you three scholarship defensive ends, Johnny Walker Jr., Arden Walker, and Travian Ford. You say, what about DJ Westlack? Well, DJ has been temporarily assigned as a linebacker for this season. Now, I'm sure he can move back. There's no rules saying that you only make one move and never do it again. But, you know, even Trajan coming back leaves you perilously thin on defensive ends. And we are in the portal era. It doesn't matter. You know, you can just find some portal guys and bring them in. But at the same time, you you did decently well. DJ Coleman was surprisingly uh, man. 
surprisingly good defensive end. Tyrone Hopper was good for eating up minutes and snaps, and uh, Isaiah McGuire and, and trading Jeff Goat are kind of your guys. But, man, like, how do you feel, <laughs> even if Trajan comes back, how do you feel about the defensive end position going into next year? It's not what you want, but they've shown an ability to be able to recreate this on the fly. So I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt to be able to do that again. It's not as easy to do the second time as it was the first time, right? It's like, so for any of our listeners that are sports betters, hey, you know, you, you could hit a six-game parlay, but are you going to put another six-game parlay down the next week and expect <laughs> to hit it again? Because that's yeah. basically what Mizzou did this offseason, where they they hit on basically every single one of their defensive portal additions. That is not easy to do. Most of the time, it is closer to what happened last year than it is what happened this year with the results. So it, just in terms of like what they get from the uh, the transfer portal kids. So it, I don't know that you can immediately say like, oh, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. But they do have a couple of guys that, can play internally with the two walkers. Wesselak probably gets some time at that spot. Marshall maybe could kick out there occasionally. You could see Montgomery doing that a mm -hmm. bit in the Isaiah McGuire role. You can squint and maybe see how they could get by. That being said, with the internal options, if they don't get pieces from the outside that can help them immediately, you might have to kind of change around what you're doing schematically. Because we just mentioned they've got like six dudes that can reasonably play along the interior of the defensive line. Mm -hmm. Well, good coaches will play to their personnel, right? Like Tyron Hopper is a fantastic blitzer. So what is Blake Baker doing with him? He's not putting a square peg into a round hole. He's using him as a blitzer, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So you, if you've got defensive tackles that can all play, Try to get more of them on the field. And will that take away from your pass rush a little bit? Maybe, but maybe it's a more of a push the pocket kind of a pass rush than it is a bend the edge pass rush, which is mostly what it's been this year anyways. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do there. I would expect that they go heavy on the portal at specifically defensive end. And I know this staff doesn't love playing freshmen, but Ja'Kai Lang's a guy that I think could reasonably come in and play right away. Um, so I, I would be curious to see if maybe he fits into that mix as well. Yeah. Let me rattle off a couple names here that surprised me and, and surprised because it, again, if you view it, you know, walking through the tunnel on senior day equals you're gone. That's why I'm surprised. So I'm not saying this is going to happen. Just surprise names. Number one, Nate Pete. He is a fourth year senior. You're surprised. He's got 207 rushes for 1,000 yards in his career. This is like his first opportunity to get major carries. I know he was supplanted by Cody yeah. Schrader, but... I think he knows you know, the writing's on the wall. I, I think he's either playing be. elsewhere or has decided, you know what, I'm just done. He could be done. I mean, if he wants to transfer away, he can, but he'd have to sit out a year. So uh, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, Couldn't he be a grad transfer next year? He is a fourth-year senior, so he has one – unless he redshirts, he would have one year left to play. If he wanted a redshirt, he could have two years to play one. So, But so. if he if he graduated after this season from Mizzou, he could be a grad transfer and go elsewhere, right? Oh, that's right. That was, those rules don't apply to grad transfers. God. There's too much stuff to keep track of. <laughs> I, hate this I was like, wait, I could totally be wrong on this because there's way too much uh, that goes into this now, but – yeah, I could see him maybe yeah. transferring okay. down a level, being a G5 guy, like going to a place like Memphis or something like that. 
Dude, Memphis has great running backs, and they have terrible running backs right now. He would kill it there. Yeah, I, I think that. that feels like a perfect landing spot for him. Something like yeah. that. Just go yeah. to a place that runs his own scheme and be awesome there, Nate Pete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one that surprised me, Jelani Williams. He is a fourth-year player. I think he is a red shirt. Yeah, he's a red shirt junior. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only got 115 snaps, and... It seems like Joseph Charleston's coming back. He's at least not going to do the senior day thing. Um, so that would be the guy who is currently in front of him. We are assuming Jalen Carlisle is going to move, but Jelani Williams doesn't really play that position, or he hasn't played that position this year. So I'm kind of surprised. Again, transfer possibility, or you know, maybe he's just done playing football. But uh, that was the other one that kind of popped out and went, huh, I kind of wonder why, uh, why he's doing that. But uh, I don't know. You have to ask him. Yeah, I, I was more surprised by Joseph Charleston and not surprised, but just like kind of encouraged by Joseph Charleston deciding not to walk on senior day than Jelani Williams deciding to walk on senior day. Um, Williams is another guy that I could see being like, you know what? I've had my fun here at Mizzou. It was a dream to be able to come here and play here. He got mm-hmm. limited opportunities, but played nonetheless. I'm going to go down a level and see if I can play somewhere else because it's my final year and I'm just going to go do that somewhere else. Charleston is a guy that I think they really probably wanted to come back next season. I don't know yeah. what the plan is going to be for Carlisle. My guess is he'll try to declare, but I, I don't know. That's my thought. Um, but you, you probably wanted one of those two at a minimum to come back next season. And with Charleston and Carnell, and then my guess is you pretty much get all of the corners back. I, I just don't think Chris Abram strain is going to declare for the NFL draft, but I, I could be wrong there. I guess you're going to have a pretty strong secondary coming back mm-hmm. next season. You just need one guy basically with significant snaps to be replaced. And that's Carlisle where you don't know what the backup's going to be able to do there. And they've got, yeah, but like, I know what Carnell can do there. Sure. Um, So I I feel good about that with Carlisle. If he does end up leaving, at least you have ample opportunities to see like, Hey, Jamarian Wayne uh, Mm -hmm. Thompson, you've, you've got guys behind him that conceivably could do the job with upside. So you feel pretty good about it. Um, if I was to do like winners and losers on which positions you, you're bringing players back from and which ones you're losing guys uh, at compared to what was expected. I think the only real loser is defensive end for me. That's what I would say. Yeah. And then like I've got winner defensive tackle linebacker because Chad Bailey's coming back offensive line because of all the depth that you're able to potentially keep. That's a huge one. Safety My God. because you're potentially getting Joseph Charleston back. I mean, that's and, mm-hmm. and we don't know what plans are for transfers. That's also going to play into this. I'm sure there will be guys that decide to transfer that surprise us. But as of now, looking pretty good at most of the positions compared to what it could have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with the caveat transfer portals both for in sure. and out and then someone who's walking who comes back and someone who doesn't who leaves like yep. the, all of that all those caveats aside offensive line is the biggest win my 100%. god i know javon foster has not been as good this year as he was last year it is better than it, the alternative xavier delgado same thing i know he's kind of a one-trick pony uh, clearly better than anybody else you have. You add that with Hiron White. If the medical red shirt goes through, okay, there's your right tackle. Someone between EJ and Doma Ogar, uh, maybe a, well, let's just say EJ and Doma Ogar coming in at right guard. <laughs> uh, Bency Polgar getting his grades in line and being eligible to play like he should have been all year. And then you still have Armand Mimbu. You still have those offensive linemen that you brought in this year who are now a little bit bigger. Um, 
I know you lose guys. Bobby Lawrence is probably going to go. Richard Taylor is probably going to go. There's probably going to be a transfer somewhere Boy. in there. But but man, like this is not a good unit. And there's something to be said about guys from a bad unit coming back for another year. But I feel a lot better about that than oh this unit wasn't any good and now we're getting a hard reset. Yeah, I, am I crazy to think of that in, that in those terms? No, not at all. And in a best case scenario, a lot of those guys are back and they're back in a, a depth role. Like, right. I, I think best case scenario next year for Connor Tolleson is that he doesn't start. I, I think he should be a backup. I don't think yeah. he's ready right now to be in every every down starter. And that's no shot against Connor Tolleson. He shouldn't have been asked to do that this year. I don't think that was the expectation. I think Bincy Polgar was supposed to be the guy. He wasn't, he's ruled ineligible. And then Tolleson has to take over and he's, he's done his best, man. That's all you can ask for. Uh, Xavier Delgado. I hope next year he's not a starter. I I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen because I would imagine they probably told him, Hey, if you come back, you're going to start, but EJ and Doma Ogar, I'd like to see him getting those opportunities at left guard. And then maybe they attack the portal to get the other offensive guard Uh, foster and white. That's a damn good tandem as your offensive tackles in this league. It's, it's pretty uh, compared to what it could have been pretty darn good. So all things considered, that's, that's not bad, man. That's not a bad five man unit. And if you can go out there and add one, maybe two guys that could start for you via the portal, now you're feeling really good about where you're at off- with the offensive line. Yeah. And the 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 secret is that everybody is looking to upgrade their offensive line this yeah. year, like in every year. So when that is going to be your primary portal focus, that sucks. And having these guys come back, that's one fewer per guy that you really need to start looking for, which is, okay, that's great. Um, it, it means you don't have to find a starter. <laughs> if you need to find just a rotational guy, perfect. Or a backup, perfect. Like, yeah, that's going to be good. So, um I know continuity from a bad offensive line. You can you can make your comments, but I'd rather roll with these guys one more time with a little change in center and a little bit more stability at the guard position. It can do wonders, man. So, um, yeah, I feel really, really, really good about that. How are you feeling about uh, this weekend? Nate? I feel pretty great. Um, I'm really – there is one way that I am worried, and that is if New Mexico State hits big running plays. That's literally the only way they can move the ball. Outside of that, this defense is really bad against the run. They're really good against the pass, so Eli Drinkwitz will be in his happy place. I was about to say, styles make fights, and man, does this style defensively fit what Eli Drinkwitz wants to do, baby. He is salivating. And really, if everything goes well, they should be up by four scores, which I know has not happened at all by halftime, and then uh, put in the backups. How are you feeling? uh, Not not that good. Um, I, I do think they win this game. New Mexico State is not good. Like, let's let's not get this twisted. They are not a good football team. I'm really curious to see what Missouri's offense looks like against them. Minnesota earlier this year beat them 38 to nothing. Now, I think the Wisconsin game kind of throws everything to the side because they, they won 66 to 7. And that makes Mizzou fans think, oh, we're going to score 60. I I don't know if I buy that. I think that Mizzou's going to run the ball effectively. I think they're going to almost exclusively run the ball in this game. I think you'll see some Luther Burden opportunities in the running game. Like, they'll they'll do a bunch of stuff. I've got them winning, like, 38 to 10. I think it's going to be pretty close with the spread, though. Like, the spread is 27 and a half. 
I, I think that's about right to me. Yeah. I I mean, God. I don't know that Mizzou can team? score more than that. You've seen this team. They don't they can't pull away from anybody. You know, the most comfortable they've been was against Abilene Christian, and that was still an uncomfortable game. So, no, I don't Yeah, they they no. beat Abilene Christian 34 to 17. They they beat Louisiana Tech 52 to 24. Like that Louisiana Tech game, that that would be a win if they're able to to pull away like that. Mm-hmm. That that that's what you want to see, but I, I just I don't know if they have that in them offensively, man. I I guess here's the follow up. Who are the freshmen that you think we see? Man, or do we, we see think them? we see? I don't think we see a single one, but that man. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Sam Horn. I want to see Tavoris Jones. I'd also like to see Marquise Gracio get out there, and Isaac Thompson, DJ Westlake. The blue, the the blue chippers, right? That's what I really want to see. Yeah. If we see a Jalen Marshall, that would be cool too. If we see, oh uh, crap, who was the linebacker Jones? that I did say Tavoris Jones? Yeah. Um, Xavier Simmons. No, sorry, Damian Wilson, who backed up, um, who came in earlier this year. I like to see a little bit more of him because I think he's going to be a little bit more prominent next year, and I like to see him get some more. Some more playing time. Yeah. I, I want to see a good amount of Makai Miller. Um, I know that yeah. he, he's already playing. He's getting snaps, but not a lot of them. But I would like to see him get a good amount of snaps in this game. I'd like to see Max Wisner. Like, why not? Why not? He's a yeah, tight end that exists and isn't one of the other tight ends that exists for this team. So <laughs> give him a shot. Uh, those those would be two that you didn't mention that I'd. I would add to that list. And then Jamarian Wayne just at safety. Let's see what he can do out there. Um, him and Thompson. Yeah. But I, I'd yeah. like to see him and Thompson in this game at some point as mm-hmm. the two safeties. Um, mm-hmm. But the biggest ones, like, I want to see Tavoris Jones. I want to see Marquise Gratial. Um Armand Mimbu, let's see him get extended run. Makai Miller, let's see him get extended run in this game. And Max Weisner, I would like to see get opportunities in this game. Um, and then the, the guy that we didn't mention... Do we think we see Sam Horn? Nope. I don't either. Really don't think it's an option this year. And you'll have to ask Eli Drinkwitz why, but I think it's going to be Brady Cook start to finish and just swap out the parts around him. Man, that's... What a weird year it has been. I know. Jabari Johnson putting up some big-time numbers up in Washington. Please save us. Please Great save hope. us from ourselves. He said to a uh, in an interview, I think last week, that one of the reasons why he likes the opportunity at Mizzou is because he sees a, a real opportunity to start as a freshman. You think? Huh. So, what a, what an astute young man. <laughs> <laughs> That's being situationally aware, Jabari. I love that in my quarterback. Oh my god, just yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's it's a spite thing. I don't think Drinkwitz is doing it on purpose. I think it's just this team can't pull away from anybody. And you can't afford any mistakes. And freshman quarterbacks like to make mistakes. Now, sophomore quarterbacks like to make them too. But that's also a guy who's been around for a while. So he's just going to roll with this guy. And that's it. So. What's your prediction? Do you have a, do you have a score? Do I have a score? Um, Sure. Let me pull one out. Um, What was the spread again? Tw- 27 and 27? a half. So basically 27 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Let me say 
I think this is going to be the biggest one of the year. 31-7. 31-7. What do you think? You've got them 31-7? to seven? Yeah. I've got, what did I say, 38-10. to 10? So we're, we're kind of on the 10? same track. Okay. Yeah. And I think one of those is a defensive touchdown. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Like Tyron yeah. Hopper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strip, strip sack takes it all the way yeah. in for a score. Yeah. That'd be perfect. That feels right. Yeah. New Mexico State is one of the uh, worst turnover teams in the country. Currently minus six with a minus 2.5 turnover luck. So this is a team to do that. <clears throat> this is a team that'll do that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. We're feeling good. Feeling good about New Mexico State. Thank God. How are you feeling about Arkansas? Uh, we'll talk well, about good, that next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Ask me after this week. I want to see what KJ Jefferson does. That'll give me a better idea. I'd be curious so. to see what next week means for Barry Odom. Whew, you're telling me, man. 70th ranked defense right now. Bunch of guys injured and suspended. Although I guess Miles Slushers is coming back. So, yeah, man. Very interesting. Our guy we'll Barry is uh, not doing well, to say the least. It's been better last couple of weeks. It's been better. Yeah. No, not well. No. It's all right, Barry. I can I understand what it's like to see you struggle. So kudos to the Arkansas fans. At least they only have to go up against Old Mess this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nate G. Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And of course, you can follow the Rock and Flagship at Rock and Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, M I Z Z O U. Thank you.